life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. I'm a real hot button issue, and with five convictions now, a lot of people are. Wow. You had five convictions? Yeah. I've had yeah. five convictions. That's, sorry, that's where we started you recording. Yeah. We started recording that five, five convictions. convictions. Yeah. yeah. I did them because I live in your guest room. He's <laughs> <I was laughs> a very violent man. And, and he's denying them too. Yeah, I know. He's saying, I'm Floyd Mayweather. If I hit somebody, there'd be, po- there'd be photos. There's also a lot of like rumors about him in Vegas that he's like into a whole bunch of like seedy things and stuff yeah. like that oh really yeah yeah like i have a buddy who's a dj in vegas i won't say any names because he won't talk about them on either. okay well, we are like, we are recording so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, but I'll he's just like that. i'm not you know i i don't talk about him at all well why would you the guy kick your ass yeah yeah um i just know nothing about sports so that's why i was asking surfing's a sport bro yeah yeah but you know i don't really it's more of a lifestyle, Matt. I don't. <laughs> that seems like a more of a fun sport, though. Like I, I used to like sports, and then you know, it's like once the money gets, it all changes, and people. You know, I used to go to Yankee Stadium as a kid and eat a Reggie bar, and it yeah. used to be exciting. And you know, now one guy's on one team, he's on the other team, and he goes to some other team, and it's I don't know, for I, me, I lost it. it shifted too when the age of plausibly playing mm-hmm. oh, yeah. past yeah. when it was like even in your late 30s you're like you know if i really worked out hard <laughs> and something magical happened maybe and now it's just like these you see these kids who are literally half your age who are making hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. who are much better athletes than you'd ever oh, sure. be dude i see it in the, I see it in the bitter. I'm, I'm bitter i'm <laughs> i like, see it in the water man like i'll go surf up in malibu or down at trestles where these kids grew up next to the water 10 year olds just surfing circles around me and i'm no slouch man yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you have this board on the wall of all the things you can go pro at yeah like football baseball <laughs> maybe even tennis hockey what's right. left is Pool, bowling, and gambling. Yeah. <laughs> All the like the late night stuff where people have sunglasses on. <laughs> I'm good at two of those. Thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano. Uh, coming to you from a beautiful Southern California day. Love it here. I say about 79. It's, I mean, really, it's one of those things you start taking for granted. Like when they were talking about those cold storms a couple months mm-hmm. ago, the, the freezes going through the Northeast and people literally freezing to death. And it was. Yeah. You know, seventy-two degrees out here. Right. It's oh, just yeah. we we. But but we chose to live here. There's no law that says people have to live no, no. where yeah, they I are. To, I used to re- I used to like post because I grew up in Jersey, and I used to post uh, you know when they get dumped on like me at the beach. Jeez, so right. Like hey, I hope you're enjoying uh, November or whatever. And then like I'd read the you know eight people died in right. the snow. I'm like I had to delete. Well, they're probably not. <laughs> they're probably uh, yeah. not on Facebook anyway. Uh, that's true. They're so. probably all dead. They had it coming. <laughs> Two of my uh, sisters live in Syracuse, and I'm just constantly like FaceTime them, like with the sun behind me, like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> I like the up. seasons. Yeah, really. Well, when when I lived in when I when I was back living in Astoria, like a few years, I remember I when I lived in Los Angeles for five years, I went back to New York for mm-hmm. for six years, and I remember about year three, I was in New York, and I was like. I thought that. I like the seasons. I like the change. Winter's cool. About year three, I was going, ah, I don't know about this. And then like year four, I was in my apartment 
and I, I was wrapped in, in like a huge blanket. The heat was on. I was still freezing to, to my bones. And I was like, I got a choice. I don't have to live here. Yeah. I don't, you know, I was like, I'm calling Absolutely. back to California. When people say, don't you miss the weather? What they really mean is don't you miss the shitty weather? Yeah. And, and I don't. I, yeah. I don't at all. That's I, can, I, I'm from Colorado and I'll go back oh. a number of times a year and it's great. You go back in the fall, get a little bite in the air, football weather, you mm-hmm. go back for skiing. And then I come back here where it's 72 and sunny. Yeah. And, and I complain in January when it's like, it's 80 degrees. I have to turn my air conditioning on. This is obnoxious. <laughs> I remember when I first met Matt, like he had a place out on, on oh, Venice. Oh, sure. we got to get some introductions here. I'm oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, sitting earphones right, PJ Walsh, who I've just met two weeks ago. Yeah, comics on duty. Two weeks ago. That's the first time you guys it's met. the first time yeah. we ever met. And then he's throwing around all these names. I'm like, I know him. I know. I was I was out with him last night. I, why have we never crossed paths? It is I'm like such that a guy. Small... A lot of people do that to me. Like I heard your name. Oh, how do you? I'm like oh, I don't know. I'm just blend into the background. <laughs> <laughs> and then joining us, a guy I've known for probably 15 years. Yeah, I haven't seen him probably. 13. <laughs> uh, Matt Iceman joins us. Thanks for coming, buddy. Good to see you, man. It's great. It really, it's really fun, I think, the longer you're in this business and you see the people who were there you know, yeah. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's fun seeing guys like Dwayne Perkins and sure. Sam Tripoli, these guys who used to bang around the, the open mics with, and now they're still doing it and their careers are going. And it's really fun to feel like... Yeah, we're all, this is our class, our draft class or yeah, school yeah. class or whatever it is. Matt and I were the very first people to meet each other yeah. when, we first, when we first got here. Oh, really? You guys met here? Yeah. So we both moved out September 199. Okay. Um, both got in our cars same day, not knowing each other. Oh, really? And, and another here. friend of ours. Met like two weeks later. And then Michael Batts. Do you remember Michael Batts? Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, know Michael. Yeah. So I just think he just came over the other day. Yeah, we met him like two months later and it was the three of us for like. He got in his car the same day as well. Yeah. Four yeah. years. We How were going out. I know that. It was it was that thing where we just because you one of the things that I always tell people with comedy is you got to find someone when you're starting out you got to find a crew to drag you out to those open mics. Sure. One guy knows about one. Hey, can I bring my two buddies? Or when you don't want to go, or when he doesn't want to go, yeah. or or someone who can help you bounce yeah. ideas off. If you got to have a especially group. out if you start here in Los Angeles, yes. you know, like you get the you can get a crew in your hometown or something, and then that works. But out here, man, you got to because it's a grind. It is in the beginning. Grind. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have somebody who's just like, hey, we're going. Here you remember Johnny Montana yeah. doing the Hustler Cafe? Do you ever do Johnny Montana? I, you know, every once he in a while, like a, he I was an old school Jay Davis. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was just one of those guys who just hustled. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he moved back to Montana. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. But he, that, he, he, he that where he's from? Comedy show. I don't know. He was Johnny Montana. I just remember he was this guy. Hey, it's Johnny Montana. Just this great energy. And he was one of those guys who would, he he would just always create these rooms. Mm-hmm. And we did. It was the Hustler, that Hustler sex shop, which I think oh, Gwyneth man. Paltrow is now turning into some hip club. Oh, really? Yeah, but God. we used to do it, and you know, people would be shopping for dildos, and you're telling your jokes. I forgot about that, doing stand-up at the Hustler yeah. store. I mean, the places sunset. we would perform. Dude, put that down. It's not the mic. Oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I said something like, I'm just here to re-up my Black Tail <laughs> subscription, man. and everybody got offended. I'm like... Yeah. We're in hustler. We're a hustler. Yes, people won't even get that anymore. If you if you do like a, a reference to swank, yeah. or <laughs> club, people would be like club swank. What are you talking about? I'm like that's the, that, that was like the bowels of. Who used to have to buy our porn? Yeah, swank was like a New York thing, was it? I only remember seeing it on when I was a kid on the streets of New York in the newsstands and like well, it was just Playboy. Fish while my parents were there was Playboy. <laughs> 
Penthouse was dirtier. Hustle was pretty sure. graphic. And then below that, yeah, it was just nasty. Swank and high yeah. society. We, <laughs> which was not high society yeah. at all. Everything you can find on the internet. That you, that you don't want anybody to know makes it right. so easy. But that's the conversation we were having when we were we were in Texas is about how different Times Square was because I grew up in New York and you were oh, right. in Jersey and we used to go there and you know in the eighties you just walk around Times Square and it was just like hey man you want weed you, you sure. want a blowjob like uh, sex shops were just open you can get an ID yeah bubble shrimp you could just yeah. I, I, and Giuliani I worked, ruined it <laughs> you did I worked for Con Ed when I was thirteen like, <laughs> I mean like and I just get into the titty bars and well. Speaking, if, if we're doing road stories, here's yes. one. I did um, uh, Valencia, the 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 uh, sure. the Marie Marie calendars with Randy Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Booked that room. Great room. Still open. It, mm-hmm. it, amazing. Always always a nice crowd. And uh, I was doing it. I was a middle in or something. And and I did this joke about playing video games. And this really cute waitress, young looking mm-hmm. but really cute, goes, uh, uh, "Hey, we need to get you." Out. Writes a note says, "We need to get you out of the house." Um, call me if you ever want to stop playing video games. So I call her. I'm like, why don't we meet at a bar? She's like, well, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm 19. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll go see, we'll go see a movie. So we go see, we go see the Incredibles and, you know, kiss, kiss a little. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a man to kiss and tell, but n- nothing serious happens. Sure, sure. Cut to, uh, I'm online, I don't know, a few months later. <laughs> she was, she was like a porn star. Oh, she was. <laughs> She was working at the And I'm like, wow, I guess we ended up kind of doing it together. But it was weird because it was, you know, it was one of those things where she she had braces. And I was like, this is, I don't know if this is, this is appropriate. A, where, where the, it was of age. I want to make sure she was of age. Were the braces real or she just get off work? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I hear that, I think of She's, Jason Galern. She wore braces on her legs. <laughs> Galern, another one of those guys. Yeah, you know, the West she always had braces and was in a schoolgirl outfit. Right. Like my question is, can you still call her a porn star if she has a J job? She's probably like a porn actress, you know. Yeah, you you gotta when you when you tell your friend when your friends like, hey, give me some Hollywood stories. It's porn star. Yeah, (laughs) you know how many people she must have served where the the like the the wife or the woman was just like, well, that was a sweet girl, and the guy's like, you have no idea. Yeah, like like, he knows exactly. Oh, she can serve. (laughs) (laughs) Or the husband just like, hey, 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 I just wanted some pie. No, not that guy. Hey, I never forget. A face shot. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, we, we respect our people in the porn industry. God bless them. I'm sure God they, bless them. I'm sure, I'm sure they had a great upbringing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I, re- I remember years and years ago when I was opening for Larry Cable Guy, we played, speaking of Monta- Montana, we played this uh, place in Montana. And this is like this is like when you had a website and just emails, you know, uh, maybe not even MySpace, I think. Right. Maybe MySpace was just starting. And I, I come home and I get this email from from a, uh, a girl and it reads like like an angel wrote it like you know uh, I, we saw you in, in I think it was Billings and you know com- comedy is a, is a is is my release and, mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy it and I and I really thank you for it and we, we enjoyed your show but everyone started getting drunk and kind of rowdy we left before the end of Larry's show but I just want to thank you I think you're talented I also live in Los Angeles let me know when you're doing a show I'd love to come support you and it was just written like. I was like, wow, what a great, that's so beautiful. And then on the bottom it says Jacqueline Lick. And I'm like, Jacqueline Lick, that's a tough name to grow up with. <laughs> like, and then it says, and then there's a link. It says JacquelineLick.com. I'm like, well, let me see what she's up to. And I click it, and in my mind I'm thinking this is an angel. 
and the web page comes up, and she's on all fours. She's got one of those things ramming up her butt. She's got a ball gag in her mouth. She was a porn she, star. Oh, man. Well, to me, that, that is an angel. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, she's doing God's work. <laughs> but my mind was like, like, I literally had to look at it for like 45 seconds. I couldn't like well, you process think somewhere it, in the email, like, if you're going to have that as your signature, you're going you're gonna to put it out there, by the way. Yeah, I think that's I'm, uh, that's... I'm in the industry as well. My link says host a Road Stories podcast. You can click on that. <laughs> see me in a Just, ball you know in the ball But then she came out. I was, I was uh, working with, in, with Ingval at the Brea Improv I was featuring. Mm-hmm. And... She sends me a message. She goes, hey, I'm coming out. I'm coming out with Ron Jeremy. And I was just like, oh, God, Ron wow. Jeremy, right? So I get, off, I get off stage, and people are like, Ron Jeremy's here. Ron Jeremy's here. Like, under, like here to see you. And I, I'm like, well, send him back. So all of a sudden, here comes Ron, Jeremy, and Jack Lalick, and they're in the back room. And Ingvall is like, okay. <laughs> and I'll never forget having a conversation. I do remember you talking about Jeremy being out there. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with him. And he was really upset that the passion of the Christ – it, it was too gory, but you couldn't show like poo on your dick in a porno. And I was just like, I, I can't make the leap leap with you here right, in right. your sweatpants. <laughs> you know wasn't wasn't that the premise quote, of Robert a... Schimmel? Yeah, <laughs> let's leave God out of this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I, I, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm with you. And wow, they invited you're... me. They invited me to a party, and I I, I lied and said that I had to go meet my girlfriend because I was afraid to get AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> you're dating yourself on two things: Passion of the Christ. And Ingval playing a comedy club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is right. This is right as the, the blue collar thing started, like uh, lifting again and stuff. That's so weird because you know Ingval prides himself on being so clean, and you kind of got to be clean. Don't you got to be clean in front of him? Yeah. And then here yeah. comes the, le- the probably the most notorious porn star. In- he was so famous, like outside people were just Ron, Ron driving by. Like really, it was it was it was it was mind boggling. And then a friend of mine who's a Christian showed, showed up. He was coming to the second show. And Ron was, they were in this pizza place. I don't know if it's still there, but it's like a glass and you pizza place. And my buddy goes, hey, PJ, uh, I'm going to point up, but look straight. He was pretending like he didn't. And he right. goes, that's Ron Jeremy. And he's like pointing up instead of, <laughs> I go, I know, he's here to see me. He's like, get out of here. I go, first of all, you shouldn't know who Ron Jeremy right, is. Right. And second of all, let me go introduce you. And I walk in, he's like, hey, PJ. <laughs> he just looks at me. Let's not shake hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, it was just, super nice. To switch topics so my female listeners will come back and listen. <laughs> uh, I was just clicking uh, on your website, Matt, or maybe your Twitter or something, um, and it was you in a hard hat, uh, military helmet, hard hat. Yeah, uh, I've served. Yeah. <laughs> I've done. Actually, PJ was the one who I think first introduced me to shows for the troops. Uh-huh. The first show I ever did, I went to Korea. And it was um, September 11th, 2002. Mm. So I was one year after, got on a plane and flew out to the to the bases out there to do shows for the troops. And so since then, have done Iraq and Afghanistan, um, Germany, Kosovo, yeah, all, all those places. Um, and it's you know, but obviously PJ served, uh, but I've always appreciated you know the people. I, to, to me, those are the greatest shows you'll ever do because you're you're going over there. And they're so appreciative for the entertainment, especially, you know, a few years ago, before the internet was good, those guys, they'd be out there at oh, some of those yeah. forward operating bases. They'd have like a an Xbox, right. dial up internet for one computer. And mm-hmm. other than that, it's the same, some of those VHS places, like tapes. 90 guys for eight to 11 months. And so when you'd come out there, they're so excited to see you. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is not what I get at the Westwood Bruco when I go perform. <laughs> It's uh, it's great, and it's 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 just one of those the, these 
life experiences where you're, you know, you're, you're staying in Saddam's castle in Baghdad, flying in a blackout going, there's no way I would ever do this if it weren't for comedy. Right, right, man. Did you really stay in Saddam's? We did. Yeah, we, uh, it, I don't think it was his main palace. It right. was one of his many palaces. But you saw, and it was like the floors were all granite. You mm-hmm. know, we, we sat in this throne that looked like something from Conan the Barbarian. And sure. You just, it's amazing. You look at the opulence and then you'll get in a copter and you'll fly and a hundred yards away, it's, you know, little shanties and right. Adobe huts, these small huts. It was, it's, it's again, one of those things when you start to complain like this traffic in LA is so bad. I guess we, we don't have it that bad here. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, you're not the first comedian who's said they've been uh, into Saddam's palace. Somebody was over, maybe it was probably Graham Elwood was over there like right after it was toppled and they were just in there just kicking things over. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I stick over too. a statue. It's cr- sure. I mean it's it's crazy cuz you're seeing these soldiers and you know they're they're going out and they're doing they're doing patrols, they're getting shot at, they're shooting people mm-hmm. and then they come back and you're telling them jokes and it's uh, I always to me it's a cool thing when you're up there and you you're looking at these guys and and you know it's like 18 year old kids from Nebraska oh yeah who are you know putting their lives in harm's way but for for that 45 minutes of your show they're like oh yeah they might as well be back at uh, the Funny Bone in Omaha or something it makes a huge difference like I mean I just yesterday got because I came back from uh, Japan Korea and Okinawa about three weeks ago mm-hmm. and yesterday I just got a I literally in the morning got an email from a girl a marine and she just said uh thank you so much for coming i mean i really really enjoyed your show i've had a hard time in the military mm-hmm. but it really feels like you've lifted a weight oh. thank you so much i appreciate it and then i just wrote a whole bunch about like when i served and how it all wasn't roses but how it was a great foundation is important you know and what you do and how how and you know basically just you know sometimes you read something where you see you know somebody's in a, a hard place sure. and i just said look what you're doing is beautiful you're mm-hmm. you made an oath to you're putting yourself ahead of other people and that is very rare and that makes you a, a great person and so that's the great part i always felt about doing those trips sure. is, and literally i'm like i think i've done i'm somewhere over 20 of them in 16 countries last year and when i come back there's always a letter or two letters or an email or someone taking me to the side. And when you get that, that's like, okay, there's but a bigger... But you've run into people for whom you perform back yeah. here in now stateside. Yeah, yeah. I've had... Uh, oh, really? One of my friends, Micah, who uh, protected protected us when when I was in Iraq, we they, they wouldn't fly us around because like it was like too dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, they, so instead, they put us on a 12-hour Humvee ride through the desert. Oof. So, and we're in this Humvee, and I remember myself, and it was Reno Coyier, and Reno Coyier, we're in this Humvee, my friend Micah's driving it, and we've become real great friends since, and there's a guy, there's a guy in the past seat, and a guy up in the guns, and I'll never forget this, and we're, and it's just one of those, like, powerful moments, you're going through, through the desert, and all, all the soldiers are around, and I'm former military, you know, so, yeah. you know, I think it, I always feel it a little, maybe a little bit deeper, because I see myself in them, so, uh, and then we're going, going, and then I'll never forget this. There's this little transistor radio hanging from the, from the, um, the something, not a rear view mirror because you can't see, <laughs> but the hanging. And then all of a sudden, Letters from Home by John Michael Montgomery comes on, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you ever heard that song. You can Google that song, and that is the saddest yes. military song <laughs> ever. It's a letter from his wife saying that she misses him, mm-hmm. and then he's reading it from his friends, and it talks about how he has a tear in his eye, and he puts it back in his jacket. Then he gets a letter from his mother, right? And, this is, and then the final lyrics is a letter from his dad, and there's no way you can keep a, you can 
not cry, right? So I'm trying to look out the window. Reno's trying to look out the window. We both know it. We're just like, oh my God, this is the saddest thing ever. And Micah just looks in the back. He goes, oh my God, the comedians are crying. What a bunch of pussies. Like, we're crying. And then years later, like uh, last year, Micah came out to Salt Lake to see me and he's doing great. And, uh-huh. and, and I met his girlfriend and we've been friends ever since. And that's the best part about when you come back and they're doing good and and you know and I always answer emails and talk to guys and there's some guys who have been in some dark places and and some women who've reached out and you know I always make myself available to be like dude I'm a voice let's talk let's get together come to the comic club let's go out and eat after and I would do that I would eat and have dinner and and, and BS with them a mm-hmm. million times before shaking hands shaking hands is nice but it's right. like you're funny you're funny it's like dude what's going on in your life yeah. right now so well, that's good I mean I, and it's great that you uh, served because it's not great for me having to follow you. I was so glad I didn't have to, <laughs> so I didn't have to follow you. I'm like, isn't that funny? A comedian thinks that that's so noble. God damn it! Now God what am I going to do? He's got fucking Navy jokes. <laughs> I know. Wait, how do I follow Navy jokes? Oh, yeah, well, when James P. Conley, Conley and I are out all the time, he's like, we're always just like, well, you know, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely getting it. It's a language that you speak. I think there's certain people like I've been in Denver working with Matt. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And Matt plants himself in Denver, and there's a language he's speaking with 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 them like sure. that I'm never gonna gonna have you know what I mean and it's our LA 405 jokes <laughs> no yeah <laughs> when, when you're really familiar with it, yeah. it so for them there's a language I think that I speak and I could pick on them all mm-hmm. I was stationed with the Marines I was in an you can that you can get away with it it's kind of right. like a family thing so it's fun all right. You ever uh, follow uh, Matt to the uh, medical seminars that he does stand up at? <laughs> no. Let's try your Navy jokes there. Boy, those, and those... Oh, no, you were a dentist, so you could get away with For it. the President yeah. of the United States. Oh, all right. <laughs> Why don't you lead every interview with that? I don't huh? understand. Because nobody believes it. Nobody you brought be- it up. And, I know. and I'll yeah. believe it because you brought it up, but all I'm right. the dental technician. Uh, He's got a photo mm-hmm. shaking hands with uh, Clinton, and he's looking like the Cracker Jack kid. I do. He's got like that sailor hat on. Dude, I oh, looks so it, like a kid. Yeah. Did you have to wear the sailor suit when you were working on Clinton? No, I actually wore a, a suit when I worked in the White House because they didn't. You, you're not supposed to know that that you're working there or whatever. But okay. I, I mean, I was in the Navy, so I had a Navy. I had a, I had a Navy suit. I rarely ever wore my Cracker Jack suit. Cracker Jack suit because no. I was with the Marines in first three years, so I was always wearing camouflage. And then I got the White House job, and I wore a suit. And I worked at the White House in Camp David and had an office in Bethesda. His girlfriend likes him to break it out every now and again. The sailor suit? Come on, yeah. Skipper. <laughs> you know, when I, went to, when, I went to, when I went to theater school, I did wear it one time. Like, you go in the back room, you know, and you're coming out as a character. And I changed into it. And when I came walking on out, like, you literally heard the girls go, <clears throat> and it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? But that, that uniform does something. Uh, I have a question for you. My dad served in the Navy, and I ne- he never talks about it. Is it true that each part of the uniform is shaped that way for a reason oh uh, you know what i'm the worst person to ask okay uh I, you know to me there was a, a bunch of buttons and when you had to take a leak it was really annoying okay. you know <laughs> that's and, what i meant that's what i meant yeah the, the, all the yeah no all the buttons like for the for the for like the the the, uh, the, the black one that the, the the whatever they call that uh <laughs> i'm so removed but they have like i don't know like 24 like whoever's in the navy right now is like this guy doesn't know anything but they have a bunch of buttons that you have to undo to 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 get out and there's no so guys would just put Velcro in they would put Velcro in there and things like that but um, yeah I I, I just I rarely I, I, I liked wearing a suit it was fun Wait, is it a sailor suit or a no? A per, suit? Like just a per, suit, like a suit, suit to work. Yeah, because I just you know I'm taking the the subway down to to the White House and okay. I'm walking in like so they didn't want to you know I guess not and it, actually while I was working in the White House it was. Um, a lot of crazy. It was during the Clinton administration. So a lot, I mean, uh, Oklahoma City bombing happened. Oh, right. So I watched them close down Pennsylvania Avenue. Like when I first got the job, 
working in a White House, I remember the girl who had a job before me, she was like, you're going to love this. It's like a col- it's like a college campus. It's unbelievable. And when I first got there, it was just hot chicks and young people. And it was like the greatest vibe ever. I'm like, this is the greatest place to work ever. And then McVeigh goes and bombs that place and they totally shut it down. Right. And you have to have a top secret clearance, which I had to go in. And they closed down Pennsylvania Avenue. And it was like really different. Mm-hmm. It was very different. And uh, But that was what always made me think I, I would go and stand outside I'd stand before when I'd leave the White House. I'd stand on the other side of the park and I'd watch people take pictures in front of the in front of the gate, sure. like whole families yeah, and yeah. schools and stuff like that. And sometimes I'd take some and I'd look at it and I'd go, "Man, I I walk into that place, you know? Like when I was in high school, if you showed me a picture on the moon, they were the mm-hmm. same distance. I wasn't getting to either sure. picture of the moon and the White House. I wasn't getting to either of those. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I walk right in there. All right, I probably can if I work hard, do whatever I want. So it's pretty yeah. interesting. I never spent much time in D.C. I always dr- drove through because when I was in Jersey, D.C. was a shithole. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you did. That was just one yeah. thing you drove by on 95 yeah, yeah. going to Florida going, oh, Fast as you can. Don't slow down. Big Ben, Parliament, kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's where I started comedy. <laughs> is where you started comedy in D.C.? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tony Woods influenced me. Tony Woods is a comic in New York. Very funny dude. Uh, he was also a dental technician with the Marines when I was. Oh, really? In, in the beginning. And then... Uh, he got activated, I believe, during the first Gulf. I think he got he got activated, and he told me about it, and I knew he went to D.C. Mm-hmm. once he got out. And I was like, well, Tony went to D.C., so I picked Bethesda because it would be close to D.C., and I could just start comedy. And I knew like Dave Chappelle came out of there, Martin uh-huh. Lawrence, and, and I was just like, well, they must have a good comedy scene for a white Irish kid. So- <laughs> <laughs> what clubs were there? Uh, I started a headliners, Bethesda, uh, headliners on Wisconsin Avenue in Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. In the Holiday Inn. It was there. The Comedy Connection was there, and I would like to live was like the only white kid. At, right, right. And then there was like there was a Baltimore Comedy Factory, which wasn't too far away. And then there was uh, another one. I forget the name of it, but it was on top of a. It was underneath a strip club, uh-huh. and that one lasted just a, uh, a little while. So yeah, you, you don't put anything better than comedy in the same building. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so strip many club. strip clubs slash comedy places. Now, and you got, did you get started in Denver? Uh, no, the first time I did stand-up was in New York. I oh, was okay. doing med school in New York, and uh, I started going out. I had a buddy who was doing comedy and dragged me along as a body for uh, mm-hmm. bringer shows. And then he's like, you should try an open mic. And uh, so I did it at this the West End Gate in, uh, I think it was like 110th and Broadway in New York. Got up on stage there, and then the first show I did was... I think it's Stand Up New York on uh, like East 78 or something. No, no, no. Okay, so uh, no, maybe New York Comedy Club 22nd, like the Elon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so I go there Club. and it was a bringer show, mm-hmm. but I, I just told my friend, so I must have had 70 people there. So they must have been like, <laughs> this guy. So, of course, they put me up last. Oh, right, of you, course. You, you know, that's, you, that's New York Comedy Club. They did that And to me, it so. took, the show must have been four hours. So my friends are blitzed. And I get up and it was one of the greatest shows I've ever had. I, I think I did well. I think they were laughing because they were drunk. But it's that magical first time on stage. And I, they, they were supposed to videotape it. Uh-huh. And something went wrong. So I don't have, I've got like a, a, a garbled audio tape of it. The next time I did it was Boston Comedy Club with none of my friends there and I bombed I, I bombed for whatever I mean it felt like seven hours it was probably oh, yeah. a five minute set 
And there wasn't a laugh. The only thing you could hear was me flipping the microphone. <laughs> but I still, I was still like, this is still the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, uh, you just get up. hooked, man. Yeah, you, you get, I always say, you know, people are like, wait, 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 I don't know if I should do it. Do stand up the first time. It doesn't matter if you do well or not. You'll know if you like it. You'll I knew know the if second. You want to be on stage. Oh yeah, I, can't I knew rem- the second I stepped on stage. I can't remember if I did well or did not. I just remember I ran home. To Where my was girlfriend. your first time? Well, my first time, I got, I got started out here. So my first time on stage doing stand-up was the Comedy really? Store original room. Yeah. So what brought you out to L.A. from Jersey? I just moved out to get out of Jersey. Okay. Like I didn't know, you know, I moved out here right out and of school. And you did the belly room. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, spa- good place was, to start. You know, it's, again, it's just, just, I don't think I d- did well. I don't know if I did well. Right. I don't know, but I was just so jazzed that I did it. I ran home to my girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, what's up? This right? Is it's like the first time you make out with a girl. You're like, this is awesome. I, I, to me, I wish I was like a painter because I could visually was powerful for me. I, I, my friends, we were out of Hooters. We got off work early that day and we were getting hammered and they're always like, you need to do stand-up. You need to go up. And we're getting hammered and they go, we signed you up for an open mic tonight. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do that. And then the Hooters waitress comes by and they're like, hey, he's a comedian. He's going to go up tonight. And, <laughs> and she's like, well, maybe I'll come. I'll be like, I will be there. <laughs> so so, uh, so she never showed up. Uh, she didn't get really? Well, really? Yeah. Well, what a shock. I had like four of my friends there and then they were like, seven other people on an open mic and I go in to sign up and I'll never forget the guy sitting next to the uh, piece of paper. His name was Lenny Levy. He was an attorney there and he was really, really big. He's he uh, kind of a large guy and his oh, his opening joke was, I have the biggest briefs in town. That was his opening joke. You know? <laughs> but he was a great guy and he was always supportive and so he goes, oh, just sign up here and they saved me to the end and I'm sitting at the table with my friends mm-hmm. like, and they just point me, only four more people to this guy. <laughs> and then so they announced me and I go up and it was so the light was so bright that I couldn't see the people and you could smoke at that time and I see the microphone and all I see is this smoke going up slowly behind it and I just like it lasted for like a half an hour within a second I just looked at it and I tilted my head and I I remember in my head going this is fucking so cool (laughs) and it was just over that was it oh that's great that's yeah. awesome. Now, so you started while you're still in medical school? Yeah. you're a doctor. Are you doc- I, I you're am a doctor. Yeah, I, still I, I completed medical school. Keep my license current in case everything goes to, to hell. Pot. Uh, pot. Um, yeah, so I was. it was in New York. I was at Columbia. And uh, I, the first time I was doing it, I, I, I did it, I think, three or four times in New York. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just you know, it was just uh, something to clear your mind, just something fun. You n- never... Did I think I'm gonna end up leaving medicine right. and doing stand up? <laughs> and then I went to Denver to do my residency, and uh, Comedy Works was down there, so I was doing the open mic. And then, kind of midway through my first year of residency, I was like, "My heart is not in this. I wanted to kind of clear my brain, and you know, instead of doing like a ski bum year or a surf year right. or something, I'm like I'm gonna move out to LA and do stand up for a year, and just kind of see where I'm at after a year." And then I got out here, and I, within a week, I was just like, I'm, n- I'm never going back. <laughs> right, this right. is, and, you know, again, you're going to the Hustler Club, Westwood Bruco. Right, it's right. not like you're performing yeah, it's on, not. The sh- on stage at the improv right. with yeah, yeah. You know, women throwing their panties at you. You're performing for seven other comics, but it's just, it was so great to feel like I found something that I was really passionate about, and I found something where... I, I just couldn't wait to do it again sure. and again and again. Did you ever do the Wits End outside of Denver? I did. I loved it. it I was loved that club. The first club. So the first club, I, I did Comedy Works. The first club that ever gave me a gig, a paying gig, was Looney's down in Colorado Springs. Uh-huh. Uh, Laura, uh, Larry and Lila Lee. And did that and then eventually came to uh, Wits End. But the first place that headlined me 
was uh, Wise Guys in Utah. Oh, really? And it was, we did the Rocky yeah. Mountain Laugh Off. Keith Stubbs, who is, he's a comic uh -huh. who opens up a club. And he was just one of those guys who's been so nurturing to comics, which some club owners are, some aren't. But he's one of those guys. We came out, and I think at that point I had 18 minutes of comedy. And we did the the this comedy contest. It was so much fun. Met a lot of great comics. And then... He's like, I, I'm going to bring you back to headline. I'm like, okay, I have 18 minutes. He's like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, I had a couple months before I did it and you just start writing and you get up on stage and it's like, you survive. Yeah. You survive and then you just start filling it out. And it's, it's just, it's, and you, I, I, I remember those sets probably better than the sets I did a month ago. Right. Like right. you remember like the, how, how emotional and like, okay, now I got this joke and now I'm going to bring in this one about uh, ice skating. And, <laughs> and it was just, it was, it, it's like dating in high school where it's just, everything is so important and it's so fun. The first times you're doing it and it just, it's, I, 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 I loved, I loved those times you go out to Utah and you're like, you're getting two nights yeah. and you just, Four shows, and you're just that uh, pig oh, and shit. Yeah. So happy. I remember when I first, the first time I headed out on the road, I had to do a half hour. I had not done more than seven minutes in my life. Yeah. And I was really nervous about it. And so my buddy was like, write out you know, one word about on your, uh, from your set. So like, if you're talking about death, call it dead. And so I wrote them all out. And he just went, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 31. If those are each one minute, you have 31 minutes. And that like, I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> you but, know, but that one's seven seconds. But I see your yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're only 30 seconds. I had to riff for 15. So. <laughs> Which is weird. Now, I still kind of do I still do that to this day. If, I, if I'm doing a set, I just write out my set. Yeah. And, put, and I put it in my back pocket. I do it every set, and I don't know why. I've never gone to it, but it's always in my back right pocket. I, I do the same thing. My brother-in-law's an attorney. He does the same thing. We had this oh, long really? conversation about about like when he's gonna do when he's like uh, gonna do a presentation or sure. something like that. He has he has a, a like it's not a cheat, but it's just like kind of a memory kind of like little. Well, I think the headlines. act of writing it down right. helps. Oh, well, you know what? Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. He does the same thing. I showed him his. I showed him mine. Oh, really? That's yeah. Hysterical. His was a lot more important. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bigger words. <laughs> oh, that makes sense because I remember when I used to try to cheat in high school. You know, I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm going to write this on this postcard, and I'm going to write this on this little postcard, and put it in my wallet. And then I would never have to use it. And you it were actually because, studying. Because I was you're thinking I you're cheating, cheating, but you're studying. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, man, I never had to use it. It was like two midterms in, the, in, in school. And I'm but like, it, oh, man. I, it's the difference. I think that's one of the differences between, you know, uh, doing a, the sets around L.A. primarily and then getting on the road where it's, you know, you're doing seven to ten, maybe 15 minutes in mm -hmm. L.A., and so it's harder to let things breathe. And, and we've talked about, uh, the, I think it's much harder at this point to do five minutes than it is oh, to do 45. Oh, no, so much harder. And to oh, just yeah. you know, cut it down yeah, and, yeah. and just just not riff or not not go off topic, but just to do your joke, 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 you joke. You want to stay on the same subject for five minutes. Right, right. yeah. You know? No, man, I remember when I came back from my first road gig and doing a seven-minute thing, and it was like, hey, how's it? I got the light? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even... Five minutes. I gotta let it breathe, guys. You know, I just get, I get, I get warmed up at seven minutes. <laughs> so, how did you uh, get back into? How do you? I read on your website you do medical conventions and stuff like that. So it was pretty early on. I, I, uh, I actually, I think I was headlining corporate stuff before I mm -hmm. was clubs, and it was just I, you know, I had from residency, I had a lot of friends who were still in medicine. One of them talked to me about, hey, why don't you come out and talk, talk some funny medical stuff for a pharmaceutical, you know, these pharmaceutical sure. gigs. And, and unfortunately, well, probably better for people, but for, for me, 
pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies used to have these endless marketing budgets where they could throw money at you, take doctors out to you know, football games, right, or right. steak dinners, you know, have someone come in and talk. It's gotten a lot more regulated, but uh, so I just put together a thing where I, I, it's it's that niche of how many people can talk about their experience in the hospital. And, you know, it's like you, it's like you with the Navy where when I go into a hospital, I can, I can speak the language and I can talk about things that, you know, that you, you go through. Like one of the things I talk about is uh, when there's a code, a code blue, when Mm -hmm. someone is crashing, someone's heart is stopped. And, you know, obviously it's a, it's a horrible, stressful situation, but when you've lived it a a lot, you can, you know, find the humor in it. And so for me, it was just early on, it, it was it was fun because I it was something no one else could do, and the money was a lot better, and still is a lot better than most of the club stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, so I still I'll still will do it, but you get. I remember I did. I oh God, I think it was Ohio. I go out to the show, and I think I even called you because like they flew you out a day before, oh, and you're in the this. hotel, and you're like, I'm just not having fun out here. Uh, this just I, you know, it's not like when you go to a club and you're excited, and and I always get a little nervous because they're paying so much money, and I go, and. It's for this hospital that turns out was a Catholic hospital. So there's a table of nuns in their <laughs> habits in the very front row. And it's not like my stuff is dirty, but you'll right. talk about some physiologic processes. And I'm just like, <laughs> just, uh, I, I'm just trying to, you know, there's a black hole where I'm just not looking at them as I'm telling my joke about priapism which is a persistent painful erection right, right. and i've got tags on them. I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry sisters this is really oh. awkward and everyone's just staring at the nuns looking sure. at me you're an awful person i'm like i just, I just gotta go now you can't, I not, nuns shouldn't call. go to a comedy club nuns shouldn't go to a comedy club well it wasn't a comedy no. club this was or their show, hospital dinner oh this Ooh. was they brought me in and it was mm. just like you you, you didn't Tell me there were going to be nuns right. here. That's the tough part about when you're doing those because you're kind of playing by their rules. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, as opposed to if you're, you know, you get to a point where you're going to comedy, you're like, oh, all right, these are my rules. Yeah. yeah. What was it like? I, I did when you remember that it was the Simpsons where I think Homer was doing stand up or something and they're like, uh, uh, a dog was just killed out front. Ladies and gentlemen, Homer Simpson. So I go for this pharmaceutical company and this, this executive goes up and for 30 minutes tells them, listen, we didn't make our numbers. There's going to be some cuts. Some people may lose jobs. Their bonuses aren't going to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Eisman. Oh, man. <laughs> just, they did it to me I at a 9-11, at a 9-11 uh, fundraiser. Like, they, it, was, uh, it was a golf outing. This guy asked me to do it. And so I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll, absolutely, whatever. And so they had like four widows who lost their husbands go up and tell their their stories, Oof. and they're like, "Time for comedy!" Oh uh, man, oh yeah. that's the worst. That's happened to me a few times. I told one story on here a lot, so I won't tell that. But I went down. Uh, I do the corporates for the improvs in the afternoon shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh sweet man, two in the afternoon. It's on a Friday. These people are." off work right they're gonna be drinking this is gonna be a blast man i get down there and it's just like the whole everybody's just quiet awesome oh, i'm like what's what happened he's like oh just two hours of them uh, being told they weren't doing well and that they need to bring up their numbers or everybody's gonna get oh. fired ladies and gentlemen come into the stage so, like, oh, the money man. we would have given you for a raise is going yes. to this guy <laughs> that happened to us in afghanistan we were in uh I think it was James B. Conley, Tom Foss, Reno Coyer, and myself, and we got to this one base, and they had been there for like a year, and they were supposed to find out if they were going back, or they had been already extended, and they found out literally two hours before we got there that they were staying another six months. Oof. 
and we were up there and there was nothing you can do to get a smile on these guys face like literally nothing and you can't just go crap on the people who did it to them either you know just right. certain kind of things <clears throat> it was we were like wow that yeah, was man. yeah but you know and then after the show we're just like man we're so sorry it's happened to you and they're just like fuck this <laughs> <laughs> you know, then you can have the conversation yeah, but you yeah. can't. This is, it's funny with comics Whenever comics get together, it's probably like five minutes before they start telling. And rarely is it the, I crushed. Oh, I yeah, destroyed. Yeah. It's the, God, I, I ate my balls out. Oh, this. oh my mind was worse. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love them as far. We're even more fun is to tell a story of your friend when that person bombed and you were in the back. And you watched it. Because the only person you'll hear laughing is other comics. He's yeah. just loving the misfortune, <laughs> being so glad they're not the one in the Oh, mic. you hear that laugh yeah, in the, the back. the birth of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff, Cliff, who owns the Skyline in Appleton, you know, Cliff? Yeah, owns, yeah. Uh, he, so he, my family, there was this, Comic club in Nanuet called Stitches. This was the first place to ever pay me. And I was coming down back. Down the street from Stilettos. Yeah, down from Stilettos. You know, Stitches. Stitches in Nanuet, yeah, yeah. right? Well, the anyway. Stilettos, my fr- the strip club? Yeah. <laughs> it's too close. It's too close. Too close. Yeah, that's why Stilettos is there and yeah. Stitches is gone. <laughs> well, so, so, so Stitches is, is and I'm, it happened to be that uh, Cliff, his girlfriend, and Kim, and, my, and our other friend were all in town. And my, at the time, my family had a bar in Nyack. So I'm like, well, come through. I'm doing a set I'm at this place. Come, come to the, the bar. So the big mistake was the Yankees were in the playoffs. And I always say, don't be on stage when the Yankees are in the playoffs, PJ, because whoever likes you is watching the game. They're right. not at the show. So we go to the, we go to the club, and the lady tells me, she goes, I want you to close the show, but this other guy came in, and he just got off a kind of cruise line thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. And it's all these, like, gray hairs. And this, and this guy goes up, and I literally, he's, like, he's got, like, honking things, and he's singing rhymes. Why do birds suddenly appear? Right? <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm in the back with Cliff, right? Uh-huh. And, I look at, and, and Cliff looks at me. He goes, they're loving this guy. They're going to hate your guts. <laughs> and I, and I mentally, and mentally, I'm like, I'm going to make him so wrong. I'm going to make him so wrong. And I went up, and for 30 minutes straight, every single joke I told, they stared at me like... Like nothing, like right. like what was this guy talking about? And about four seconds would go by, and underneath the light at the bar, you hear, and you hear Cliff and his girl just dying and me eating it for thirty minutes straight. And then the other comic with his horn, <laughs> yeah, just dying. And but he'd seen me enough of times, and I'd worked his club sure, that he sure. knew the conditions. And then so we go to my family's bar, we're having a whole bunch of drinks. They're feeling great about loving this, and you know when you're you still not feeling good. Oh, no. I'm not shaking this thing off like no. it's nothing, right? And so I'm driving home. And I just had my car reta- like reconditioned. I had it like repainted. I had new tires put on. Everything. I just spent like three thousand dollars just fixing fixing my car up. And I'm driving home because my home was about forty minutes north of the bar. And I'm on the highway and just driving, just kind of like, oh, man, that's the, that was the worst. That was horrible. And all of a sudden, the tractor trailer in front of me, the tire goes, blows, and a steel radio flips up, hits the front of my car, and goes all the other car, scrapes the entire thing. I don't even move. I just take one look at it. I go, why not? <laughs> That's awesome. I used to psych myself out. Like I would, I would go up and I'd be, I remember one particular time I was on the road with a dude who was a total hack and he was just killing and I had to follow him and I'm like, they're just going to fucking hate me. They're yeah. going to hate me. They're going to hate me. And I, I would psych myself out to where I would probably just shoot myself in the foot and have a shitty set. Your so, opening line is, you guys are going to hate yeah, me. Yeah, you guys aren't going to enjoy this at all. I don't even know why we're here. 
Uh, why don't you get that guy up here to talk about it's his impossible, balls for though. It's minutes. impossible as comics when you're watching and the person in front of you is crushing. Doesn't matter how good a friend they are. Doesn't matter. There's a little part of you that's like, <laughs> this is really going to make it hard for me. Yeah. And when you go out with friends, I remember, I remember uh, Dan Smith, you know, Dan, Danny, uh, uh, he, he brought me out to this uh, somewhere up in, uh, in where he's living up there in Worcester. And he's like, yeah, man, come do this, whatever. And Dan goes up in Worcester and where he's yeah. from and just starts ripping the place for 35 minutes yeah. before just da, 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 da. and anyway this about what da, da, da. and he's just Dan hits hard oh yeah Dan's a good you know and I'm in the back like dude <laughs> like, what are you doing man I'm like, up some B material here for yeah, you yeah you know I'm, I'm, I'm what am I I'm first I'm from New York so I'm done they're gonna hate me for that right, right, right. and then uh, uh, but luckily there was a there was a bunch of drunk it was like this uh Santa Clauses were all getting drunk. You know when people all dress up as Santa Claus? In, oh, yeah, like a Hammer Santa Claus or something uh, yes. like that? Yeah, SantaCon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, SantaCon. Yeah, yes. Two Santas got in a fight in the, in the bathroom where I was in there, and another one was throwing up. So for <laughs> some reason, I walked up and just totally riffed on that, and it saved me. Oh, really? Had I not had that. How had ironic, because Dan Smith is Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Had, but had, has right. that not happened? That's stupid. I'm like, you shouldn't eat these. Save my Santa show, Claus. Dan. But had I not had that, I would have been. Oh, yeah. You know? Luckily, but, it was like this thing I pulled out of nowhere. Oh. When you bomb in front of your friends, it's so bad because they'll come. When they say things like, oh, that crowd was tough. And they're trying to make you feel better. And you're like, you're just pity is the worst. I remember driving home with one of my buddies once, who we both know. <laughs> and I'm just driving. I'm driving back, and I and, and I just ate it. I totally ate it. It was the show that the where the the, the you know the, the three women from the 9/11. You know. The, oh, okay, same show. There was a priest in the front row sleeping, and I'm like, look at this guy getting back at me from Catholic school. Nothing. Like, <laughs> nothing. And uh, so I'm driving back, and no one's taking pictures with me. It's just you know, I, I'm a, you know it's horrible. Yeah. And <laughs> kids are like, you were supposed to make us happy. And I'm driving back, and my buddy goes. You know you weren't good tonight, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I was there, dude. I was totally there. I hate it when you're standing by the entrance and people avoid eye contact because <laughs> they're embarrassed for you. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I respect the guys who go up there and don't have a good set and are at the back of the hallway yeah, hawking hock, their stuff. Thanks oh, for coming. Yeah. Thanks for coming. This is my CD. This is my DVD. And I'm like, dude, you shame. Know. I have shame. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be in my car right now. Yeah, <laughs> they play that. They play that thing that, like, uh, you know, people remember the first thing they see and the last thing they see, or first thing, and, and the first thing is, I love you guys. I'm happy to be here in Des Moines. You guys are the greatest. And then you can eat it for like 20 minutes, and then like, you guys, I love you. Like my CD. Ah, like, book they play it. That thing that they're not gonna remember anything. But here's the problem. I remember everything yeah. that happened in between. So I can't. I can't shake it off. Yeah, somebody on here said uh, she always treats her set as it was a ten, no matter if it was yeah. a two or just all because it's like it's almost the power of positive speaking. Yeah, you know where you're like, oh, well, maybe man, they did they do well. Did. I didn't think they were funny, oh, okay, but they yeah, thought they were. Oh, okay. I, I learned that's... over the years that not to let the audience know how you personally feel about it. if you were if you weren't because if if someone's like, oh man, that was great, and you're like, ah, you know, you know, I missed a couple, and then they're like, oh well, maybe it wasn't that great. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I learned to be like whatever they're coming at you with, and then I call up Matt or I call up that or I call up somebody. I'm like, dude, like, and I also we have a, we have a, we did this years ago. We blame the audience once a year. Yeah. We oh really? Blame yeah. The audience That's it. Once, once. you get once a year, huh? That once was on year, them. Put it on them. I was awesome. I hope you guys have a good January. <laughs> you don't, don't want to blow that one in the first two weeks. Yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah. But so, and then after that, it's always your fault. Really interesting. Yeah. I will, I, uh, I don't know. 
even if you do blame the audience, you, it's still you still feel like shit. Yeah. Oh, you know doesn't I mean? it doesn't change it. Totally. It doesn't change how you feel it, but, on the inside. But you can feel like a less shit once a year. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> worst. to do with me. It just sucks when it's a good crowd and you go up and they've been laughing and stuff and, and you go up and they don't laugh at that joke and then you're just like on your heels and you're spinning, trying to catch yourself going, let me try this. Let me try all these techniques. Let me go into the crowd. Let me call it out. All these things and you're just chasing your tail and you never catch it. Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I also think if you don't bomb, you're in trouble. Like these guys, oh, yeah. like, I never bomb. And I'm like, what kind of risks do you take? What are you doing? Like, yeah. I always go, like, when, if, if, if it's a good show, and let's say I got a feature coming for me, whatever. And like, I'm going to Omaha next week, and I feel very comfortable there. I always get, I always, I always kind of extra prepare for someplace I'm comfortable because that's always where they're going to get you. Right, right. You know, so uh, I, if someone comes up and be like, dude, you're going to kill this crowd, I, I, I go, no, you don't know that. Yeah. I always start that I'm going to bomb. Oh, interesting. Like, mentally, I'm just like, they're going to hate me. We start that way, too, for you. Yeah. <laughs> As you should. And, and, just to kind of have it in my head of just being like... Oh, yeah. And we end that way with you. No, I'm just kidding. Bombing... Oh, shit. What was I going to say? I forget. I got so wrapped up in your bombing stories. Let's hear more. <laughs> they're fun, right? <laughs> that happens. I, that's what I heard oh, about you. I know. It's You have to find the audience... You have seen the audience where they're just... It's... A stick up their ass. I totally. Mean, you I, can, I, yeah, I just experienced that at Laugh Fest. I think we talked about it when we were in Texas. I did the Clean Comedy Showcase in Laugh Fest. And I, I think people might look at me like, I don't really feel, I feel like I'm kind of an adult comic, but I don't like curse every like, right. like second. But um, when you put clean on there, it, I realized like that's bringing out a totally group of people, different group of people, people yeah. who don't go to comedy on a regular basis. And I'm like, I'll be clean on my, on my, you know, what I can scale, say. yeah. Right. But I had them, and I remember all of us. We were going on up. All, everyone who was on the showcase, and we all had these like shows where the audience would just stare at. Like, and I, I don't really even see that anymore. I just kind of, kind of go and do my thing, and every once in a while you might say. But I, I remember it stopped me for in my mind going, "What are you angry to be? Like they look mad, like they were right, sitting right. on tax or something. Like, and I hadn't seen that in a long time." And I was like, well, they're just not comedy trained, and they come out once a year for this sanitized thing. They want to make sure it's so this. And I was just like, well, that ain't me, because I'm still kind of an angry, yeah. bent out of shape Irish guy, no matter even if I'm not cursing all the time. Right. So. To me, it's uh, the the bomb isn't as bad if if you try everything. If you're like, you don't give up. If you oh, if you right. do, where you're like, okay, I fought through that. I tried different bits. I went in. If you if you do all that stuff, and you feel like, and you did it pretty well. And like you couldn't get him, you're like, all right, well, that was a rough one. But what, what, what sucks is where you just kind of some of those nights where you just feel like I'm, I just you win, you win, people. <laughs> We're both gonna sit this final 15 minutes out. And neither of us is gonna enjoy it. <laughs> I love this podcast because every single story coming out is when we ate shit. Yeah, like, we haven't. That's had what one I said. It's not fun talking about when you crush. Listen, somebody but, Johnny Ballpark came on here one time and was talking about how good he was doing. All, and I'm like, dude. Cut it. Nobody Cut wants, it. Nobody, nobody, wants, to hear, nobody wants to hear how great you think right. you are. I called you up and I called one of our friends out and I was playing a club. One of these places I felt really comfortable with, I was headlining and uh, they gave the feature in front of me like uh, 40 minutes for some reason and it was a novelty act of like a lot of and like they were in it was a college night they were so into it. Sure. And it was just it was like you were saying destroying and I actually was in acting school for at the time and I wasn't doing as much stand up but I felt like oh I can go do this whatever so my, my stand up chops and muscles weren't really mm -hmm. there. So I went up and ate it for 45 minutes straight, packed. Yeah. People there to see me 
ate it. And I knew I ate it so bad that I changed my shirt and I put a ball cap on. <laughs> and I'm walking out. That's my technique on a bad day. I'm walking out with the crowd. I got my backpack on. I, I got it pulled down like beyond, under my lip like you can't see me. <laughs> And I'm listening. I can hear the crowd. I didn't have earphones. I should have put the earphones in. But I, I'm listening. And I hear people. They're kind of mumbling, mumbling. And I'm, I'm packed in with them. And I just hear this woman in the back go, the other two guys are funny. But PJ Walsh really sucked. Oh. And I was like, oh. Right? And then the girl next to me sees me. Right? And then she looks at me. And she taps me. And she goes, oh, no, no. I thought you were funny. And I look at her. I go, thanks. Now I know what it's like to be impotent. Yeah. Was, <laughs> which was the funniest thing Jeez. I said all oh, right, sure. Not even a good joke. Oh, man. I remember uh, I ate it. One time, so bad, and the the, op- the opener ate it also, and I was at the bar afterwards, and I was getting a drink, because that's how I deal with bombing. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear a woman say, oh, I thought you were funny. And I was like, oh, and I turn around, and she was talking to the opener. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait. Is that good or bad? Wait, now oh. I feel like shit twice. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't say it to me. Oh, you're saying it to him? Well, why not me? Uh, Wait, was- I'll tell you one thing. It was great to do that with a bunch of... I, I, when I just did laugh, it was, a, it was a, like the first festival I'd done in a long time where we were with a bunch of comics, and we did these shows which we thought were really heavy lifting. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then we went and did the rock and roll midnight show where everyone just let loose, and we all had so much fun, and everybody destroyed, and I like respect them all. And that's what makes it fun because oh, sure. I mean the ups are so much better, and you got to have the downs. Oh you know? yeah, man! I mean, you know, like I'm doing Vegas, so to know a couple weeks, and that's six nights, man. But I just Ooh. did six nights with you and James Conley and Danny Viapondo, and and that was great. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna be so. It's not often in though Vegas. you get to go out with comics like you're. You know, usually there's either you're headlining and they're openers. Yeah, and yeah. It's really fun when you get to go out Ugh. with a group of your peers and do those tours or. Whatever, where you you get to, you know, you you feel like, hey, we're we're all on the same level. We can share the stories and push each other. And it's great it's when just somebody a, it's a else is in your city like that. And so, like James P. Conley, we were both doing Reno, and he was at the the beautiful Catch Rise of Star, and I was at the I was at the Funny Bone in in the dump. Thing. Hold on, I've been to Catch Rising Star in Reno. It's not beautiful. Well, compared to the, <laughs> oh, have you ooh, seen the Funny Bone? The funny bone? <laughs> no, yeah. Trust me, compared to oh, the, wow, which okay. was in the sands, and when you went on like hotels.com, they like paid you to stay there. It was like, <laughs> and it was a tattoo convention and the bowling uh, championship going. So that was the clientele: the low-paying bowling and a low-paying tattoo. Oh, and, right, right. And I had to do two shows a night, and he and and him and Jimmy Birds had one show a night. So I would, and every night it was just really improv, and, and people would come back every night because i was just making things up it was mm-hmm. so interesting and then halfway about always like 15 minutes through my second show i hear in the back oh, 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 and james is distinct <laughs> laugh, right? and as soon as i hear him i'd i switch and start doing his act <laughs> right and then i'd bring him up and i went to harvard i'm a marine not bad for homeschooling like, you know, like, and it was so much fun the second shows were always so much fun because i waited for those guys right I, I waited for that laugh and i'm like here we go you know? <laughs> oh so much fun oh that's awesome you, you've done that up there in reno no, no, oh. we did. We did. Uh, you, me, and Bats went out to uh, Wise Guys once, and then we did Story Time at the end. Ooh, what is that? Where I we just got it because it was the blue collar, the blue collar thing at the end of the New show. They'll get up and they'll all tell stories and answer questions. Sure. And so, and that was it. Was just fun BSing with guys. Um, although I did tell a horrible story, but I'll, I'll tell you the worst Which thing. Worse than bombing. Well, I, you did, but <laughs> worse than bombing is when you go someplace and nobody shows up and they have to cancel a show. Oh, and you're like, 
you know, you think like it was Salt Lake. I, I and I, I've been going there for years. I'm like, I think I'm starting to be a a little bit of a drug. Yeah, they're gonna be there, and I'm like. Uh, where, where's the show? I'm like, this This is the show. There's nobody here. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think we're going to cancel the show. <laughs> and there were like two people there, so they had to go and go, I'm sorry. Yeah, you want yeah. your money back? In Salt Lake, it could deceive you because the way you walk from the hotel where Wise Guys is, you walk from the hotel and they have the parking lot and you can see the parking lot. And I can't tell you how many times oh, yeah. I've like seen like two trucks at dinner. I'm like, oh man, parking lot is full. And then a row of six empty. <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm like, oh. Everybody's going to the play, going, the yeah. musical theater next door. <laughs> well, I've told you this before. I've, 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 like, I was just in Texas a while ago. It was a brand new club and I, they had me do three people. Three people showed up. Okay. Oh, okay. And they're like, well, we're going to do a show. And the features were like, oh, man, I don't, I don't, this is weird. I go, I played nobody once. Oh, really? Like, what? I played, I was doing a casino up in Michigan. And so Doug Stone was opening up for me. And I go up, and the, and the guy's like, uh, I, just, I mean, it's literally like 100 seats. Nobody's there. Nobody. And, and there's, there's a bar. No one's at the bar. There's nothing. Some doors. Uh, in the back, but that was that, and the, and so I'm like, well, I guess that's it. And the guy's like, nah, you gotta, you gotta do a show. I'm like, there's nobody here. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but you know, you gotta. I mean, my boss is here, and I gotta. If you want to pay you, you gotta do a show. And I'm just like, well, I need the need money. So Doug goes up and he says, look, about five five minutes into your show, those doors are gonna open up, and a bunch of people from Bingo are gonna come out, try to get them into the show. So one guy comes and sits down before the doors open up. And Doug holds him hostage for 15 minutes, just right. like comedy hostage, just talking straight to him. The doors open up, and all these old people are zipping by in their rollers, <laughs> looking at him. Not one person stops and stays. <laughs> Doug says, good night to the one guy. He leaves. And now I got to do 40. So I go up for 45 minutes, and I sit there, and I go, my sister had a 12-pound, 8-ounce baby. If you pull something like that out of me, there's no way I'd ever love it. And I'd, I'd hit the punch, and I'd run to like row 15, sit in a chair, and go, this guy's amazing. I love this guy. <laughs> and so I was the audience. I was the people. I was heckling myself. I did that. For, and then all of a sudden, 45 minutes went by. I'm like, look at the guy. I go, where's my money? Yeah, man. That was it. That's great. Casinos you know. can be very tough. Oh, yeah. Where are you doing in Vegas? Uh, the Improv. Okay. The Improv. It's, they went down to one show a night, which is good. Um, there were two shows a night. It's a, it's a long week to be away, but it's, uh, I have fun at that place. A lot of people are like, you know. Oh, back in the day, that was the place. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's still kind of the place. Yeah. It's still the improv, you know? Yeah. I have a good time at it. Vegas uh, is fun. Yeah, you know. Other than, I think the comedy there can be really hard. Yeah, comedy, crowds can, be comedy can be hard. And we've talked a little bit about this show because, A, you're getting every walk of life yeah. in yeah. one show. And B, it's not like a regular Friday, Saturday show where Fridays and Saturdays are going to be great and Thursday's going to suck and Sunday's going to suck. It's like... Tuesdays are good. Wednesdays are good. Thursday's not good because yeah. it's a transition day. Right. Some yeah. people are just coming in. Some people are going out. Uh, Sundays are bad because everybody's beat from the weekend. Fridays are good. Friday first show is good because they just got there and they're excited. But Friday second show is bad because they were just gambling and now they have to fucking go to the show right. and they don't right, want right, to leave right. the table because it's hot. We're only here because we lost money and they gave us free tickets. Exactly. That's Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, always, it's always a crap shoot. So it keeps you on your toes. I think it's tough until you become that draw because then you're, there's always a, amount, a certain amount of flexibility wherever you go. Like you have your voice and what you want to talk about and this is that, but then all of a sudden you're in a club and there's two bachelor parties and you know, okay, now I'm going to have to 
address this in a certain right, way right. if it comes up. And for the most part, it's going to. So here I am knocking out some bachelor party, bachelor party jokes to move on to whatever else I want to do. So now you've taken some time out of here. But you came just to laugh. Yeah. That's the funny thing about comedy. It's, just, it's the one thing where it doesn't... Everyone just shows up and is like, well, I just want to laugh. And it's like, well, your humor is the same way as your musical or movie taste. It's genre-wise. You might sure. like Blue Collar. You might like Def Jam. You might like deadpan mm-hmm. you know but they're just like i want to laugh so you just do it right and it's like okay here we go and when you're in vegas or or you're at a lot of times clubs you kind of almost have to play a little bit to those parameters you know yeah man i don't know it's i i don't know i've just in my old age in my second you know i got out of stand-up for a while that's probably did why you we didn't cross paths for a long time so what were you doing uh just writing for tv yeah. and stuff oh and, i knew that I yeah knew yeah that. and uh that's where i met ball billing ball yeah. and uh and so when I came back, I'm just like, I don't care. I'm just going to do what I want to do now. You, get, you know, I, I'm, I'm just like going to now too. Because I used yeah. to be that way. I used to be like, okay, I got to, you know, cater okay. a little it, bit. But now I just do what I do, and you, and it's every once in a while you run into the oh you weren't there for the for the show uh, for the I was there for the baby. You're there for the you're there for the baby heckler. Uh, we did the show for and we talked about this on the podcast. Um, guys, pl- for the. Honor, honorary guard, right? Honor. Who are lit- plucked literally out of boot camp like a week before boot camp ended. So they're 19 oh years old God. and no life experience, and four comics, 40 and over, are trying to relate to these fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah. every once in a while, it'll bite you in the ass like that, and it's like, all right. I, I do think the the more I do it, the more you think instead of tailoring your material, sticking to yourself, and and it, to me, uh, like the more specific something gets the more universal it becomes in that if it's really about that emotion, people may not relate to having a child or being married, but they can relate to the frustra- frustrations of it. And I think like the really good comics now, uh, we were talking about this actually on the way over. Like uh, I love Bill Burr and I feel sure, like there's a guy yeah. who's just who's found his voice mm-hmm. and he can talk about any topic and he can talk about things very personal to him and his point of view, but always, you know, I, I just feel like you relate to his frustrations with it, mm-hmm. even if you don't agree with him, even if it's a different topic. And I think that's, that's one of the hard things to do is not to pan, you know, try to pander right. and go, Oh, it's, it's a uh, young guy. I'm going to hip up my speech sure. now and yeah, talk about that. So I'm going to drop it like it's hot. Right. What? <laughs> I mean, Madison, when I, I, I left and created a comic for a couple of years and went to theater school and created a one-man show, and when I did the one-man show, I got to reach people in a different way, but mm-hmm. it was the thing, it was each story, people experienced some version of it in their own lives, because I was just being as, I remember the day I went to do it, I was mm-hmm. premiering it, and I was like, this is as, as open as I'm going to be, I'm talking about things that I've never talked about, and the, what came back was like, people had those moments uh-huh, you know? sure. and I think you know I, even myself I'm constantly trying to get that into my comedy you know and part of me is just like well I don't want to break the comedy club like rule of like dude we're, we're just here to laugh right I, I right I feel like I got more to say so I'm trying to kind of I struggle that I struggled in. with that for a long time man about just I, I, and that's what one of the reasons I got really fed up with stand-up is like I'm just up here telling jokes man and I don't yeah, I don't yeah. want to change the world but I also don't want to waste anybody's time yeah including mine how did writing for TV change it for you do you think uh, it <laughs> I don't know if it changed it for me or not the reason it changed it for me is because I was got tired of writing Ingvald jokes <laughs> right. and I'm like I'm gonna fucking take this one <laughs> you're gonna have that one and then I'm gonna take so I got me I just got me wanting to, to, to have fun with stand-up again because yeah. he's such a Nice guy, whether you like him or not, that's your opinion, but he's such a nice guy and has fun with everything he does. I'm like, oh, you can still have fun 
doing stand up because yeah, I wasn't having, was having fun. A blast. Yeah, he's one of the cool. I, mean, I, I used to open up for him in, in, back in the day, and he he would always sit down, talk to you. He's one of the most giving guys there there was. He's like, oh yeah, man. He's one of those guys that he could just be hanging out with you and you're talking about something like in the green room, and he'll be like, yeah, I was thinking about this, and then he'll walk up and open with it. Yeah, like, I don't think people really got to see when you were with him on a constant basis. Like I got to open up for for all those guys mm-hmm. and Larry the most, but all of them and. When, but when you'd see Bill on a conscious basis, you'd see how amazing a comedian he is, how really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. I got a, this is a cool uh, Jeff Foxworthy story. If you have this sure, is, yeah, this yeah. Is odd. When I came back from the Persian, uh, from the, the Gulf, I remember I came back from the Gulf and I went down, it was Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and I went down to, uh, this is how cool Foxworthy is. I went, I, I went down to the beach, right? Irish Planet Beach. And I remember <laughs> getting out of the car and there was a, guys, a, a bunch of guys behind a Pinto. And this is how long ago. Then the, the Pinto hatchback was up, and it was all these guys I was on a ship with. And we're talking about like a black guy, a country guy, all these different like group of people. And they're like, Doc, come here, man. You got to hear this guy. You hear this guy. And they were all playing uh, Are You Redneck Gift, Jeff's first mm-hmm. like album. And we sat there and listened to it three times over, like listened to it over and over. I never listened to comedy before. Like it was for my ear, it was like seeing Star Wars. Like right, I mean, right. seeing Eddie Murphy and but I never listened to it and really heard it. And I'll never forget it. We and we all came together and we were dying laughing. And I just remember going, Wow, that was amazing, right? So when I got out of the Navy, I went to Columbia College in Chicago to go to, uh, to, to film school for a little while. And my girlfriend at the time was an Irish step dancer, and I bought tickets at the Rosemont Theater to see Riverdance. Right? <laughs> so I bring her to go see Riverdance, and we're all the way up in the nosebleed section, and I'm watching Riverdance. And this is that. And I'm watching, and I'm going, hmm. I go, uh, and I'm listening to the audience go, <sighs> and I remember just sitting there going, I want to be on that stage. I don't, I want to be on that stage so i left college because i was like i got a I had a good grade point average but i i was like i'm not i want to start doing stand-up so i started right. doing stand-up start doing stand-up right probably like i don't know eight nine years later i'm opening up for jeff foxworthy at the rosemont theater oh nice right and i'm i'm on, on and my girlfriend at the time is sitting on the side of the stage in in a chair right and i'm on stage and i'm telling the audience like nine years ago i was right up there and i said i want to be on the stage and they're going ah, and i go my girlfriend was there. but now she's here and as i point over i see foxworthy sitting in a chair next to her with a cue card just jotting down tags oh really and in my mind i'm like lejeune listen to the pinto this is where i made the decision this is the guy right you know, and I just go up and I'm just like, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Fox, and he waits and I walk by and he goes, PJ, man, I got a couple of ideas. Let's talk about this later when you get off. And off he goes. And oh. like, how does how can you come full circle? Like that's that? awesome. That's yeah. a great and story. And as much as I, and that's why when I'm, when, if I'm headlining, I'll go in and I'll watch the guys ahead of me. And I'm always go up to somebody and be like, I remember Danny. I was like, dude, I got an idea. Do you mind if I, because mm-hmm. I always kind of like, Sometimes I'm, I think I'm better with other people's material. You know what I mean? uh, but yeah, that's great. I, I remember I, I had a tag. We brought Jason Galarin up earlier. A very funny comic who has not been on this podcast, and I just can't seem to pin him down. Uh, he's still a friend. I, I said I came up at one show at the store one night, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I got a tag for you if you want to use it." And he used it and went over great. And then he would credit me after every set. And I'm like. <laughs> You don't have to do that, yeah. man. You just, just, it's yours. Go. I'm never going to use it. I don't have a joke about Selena dying. You know, you're going <laughs> to just go and do it. Give you an idea when I wrote that. All right. I love Galern. Dwayne yeah, Perkins did that guy. with me, too. Like, I, I was at Gotham Comedy Club with him, and he was running this set for Conan that he was going to do the next day. And then uh, I get him, I get him, I'm like, dude, what do you think of this? And he, did it on Conan oh, the next awesome. night, and he keeps telling me about it. And I was just like, I'm just like, I love 
when I get my friend my jokes into my friend Zach's under on TV, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, this is awesome. First of all, these guys came here early today, which is amazing. I love that's, it. That's a sign we're old comics. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. Don't, we don't Punctual. have anything else to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> today, this is the only. Is there a meet and greet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you for. I know I know where you guys live, and it's a little bit of a trek. So thanks for for coming to the west side. It's like I said. It's just it's fun to Not to shoot great. stories with with guys who you knew back. Yeah. Back when you started. Yeah, man. Back when there's a... I remember seeing you at a bar called O'Brien's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jamie Kaler would... Oh, would Kaler. There, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jamie Kaler's Bartended been on this there. podcast. Bar t- it was funny. That club... Club. Hi. That bar... <laughs> uh, is like it's still going to this day. Kirk is Kirk Zipfel running it? I don't know. He was the last one I heard did it. And that was yeah. like five years ago. I don't know. This is how bad it is. It's five minutes from my house, and I don't even go to work out material. <laughs> You're married. Uh, you have a kid, though. I know, but yeah, you, you know, I like to work out material. I don't mind hitting a shitty uh, spot once in a while to work out material. But it not was, that it Ryan's a shitty. It's a wonderful spot, and the food is great. <laughs> oh, that's Come right. on out. That's right. <laughs> I might need a sponsor. Clearly so. not sponsored by O'Brien. <laughs> But that's been handed down. Kaler booked it for a while. Yeah. He got it from Chris Hardwick. Matt Knudsen gave got it from Kaler. And so it's just been handed yeah. handed down from generation. Well, not really wow. generation, but just comic. Yeah, well, comics. we started out in a youth hostel. Uh, yeah, the, the youth the, hostel. Now and Schrader. It's a, a Schrader. Well, actually, not even, before Schrader, it was by the Mel's Diner, yeah. whatever that was. Sean McCarthy, Bro- Perry Kurtz, Brody Stevens. Brody Stevens. Where was the was the youth hostel on Vine? That youth hostel? No, no, no. It's uh, now it's the I think it's the Hollywood USA hostel. Yeah, on Schrader, it's, it's, it's but it used to be where that Mel's is right off Highland and yeah. whatever that was. Yeah, oh. Selma. I think it's Selma. Oh, yeah. okay, over there on Highland. Yeah, used to be in there. Those were some good nights, man. Oh my god, I never did that hostel. Friday and PJ, and the Canadian night. girl with the enormous boobies. Oh, yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. ran it? She was great. Yeah. Really, really wish I did that hostel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would, they would have. I know it would always be a new audience every uh, Sunday and, and Wednesday night. Yeah, so, and packed, and everybody was getting getting in there. We would have uh, so much fun. Yeah, it's so weird because it's a hostel, so everybody, you know, we're the only country that doesn't learn five different languages. So yeah. if we were like, if we were going to go to fucking Germany, we would never go to a comedy show. But exactly. since everybody knows English, you know. It's, uh, hostels turn out to be a fun shows. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Quick Marie. plugs, uh, PJ. What's coming up? Uh, Omaha next week. Oma- I don't know when this is going up, but I'll be in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, May, just like a week of May, whatever. Okay, yeah, this will be up there then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be I'll be at the uh, Funny Bone in Omaha. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, American Ninja Warrior premieres Monday, May twenty fifth. Okay, what NBC. season's that? Season seven. Have you been on all six? I've, I've been on it six. This oh, is six seasons? Six seasons. Oh, look at you. Yeah, right? Isn't that great? Oh, I it love it. Have, it's nice having a gig. I'm when, happy. when I was writing for Ingvall, yeah. and it was like six years of not having to worry about work. It was great. Fast. Yes. Yeah. Everything comes to an end in this Yes, town. it does. And I'll be in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all my site uh, uh, dates are at, at, at the website. Thank you guys for uh, listening. Uh, uh, when you're hearing this, my new CD has come out, uh, Rusty Cow. Uh, the pre-orders have come in. Thank you so much for those. Uh, you can uh, now download it on iTunes, Amazon, anywhere you want. You want a hard copy from me signed, hit murrayvaleriano.com. Uh, you get it there. Uh, I do all my mail-outs. I'm splitting uh, time with me and a merch guy, so uh, you'll either get it from me or them. And uh, that's it. Uh, at Twitter, uh, at Murray V, you're off Twitter. Yes, I'm on Facebook, PJ Walsh, pjwalsh.com. pjwalsh.com. Yeah, at Matt Eisman. At I, Matt Eisman. I-S-E-M-A-N. I'm like the only comedian. I, <laughs> you, you yanked it when we were on the road. You're like, 
Yeah. I was like, hey, this what's your Twitter handle? Influence. He's like, they won't let me delete like, my tweets. I'm like, screw you, I'm off. They won't let you delete them? Yeah, I can delete all my tweets. Really? I've yeah. deleted tweets. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I, they, I had twelve hundred up that, that that wouldn't disappear or whatever. So I was just, I just, I was just like, yeah, you don't get that power. Oh, okay, interesting. Now I'm gonna have to look at Twitter. <laughs> so maybe, I might not be at Murray V after this. One. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you guys, thanks so much for listening as always, and uh, come see these guys when they come to your town, man. They're very funny. Thanks, guys. You wanna know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And these fights, candle flights, running with the runs And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette Trunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow, more missing merch And drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon